Acts 23 and 11. And the night following, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. I want to preach for a little while on this thought, the promise and the process. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you this morning. We thank you for this time in your presence, for this fellowship of the brethren and sisters. Lord, we thank you for the church. And God, now open our ears to hear what the word is saying. Let it find good ground in our heart that we can be encouraged, Lord, that we can keep moving forward and serving you. We ask it today in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord one more hand clap of praise before you're seated. You tell your neighbor, God's not done with you yet. You can be seated. God bless you. For those of me who hear me preach often, you know how I love to just pick apart one scripture, just sometimes word by word. I just like to, just like, Don't want to leave no meat on the bone. It's so good you want to get all of it, you know. But but when I read this about Paul, if you don't know, if you're not just real familiar with who Paul is, he was first introduced to us in Scripture as Saul of Tarsus, and Saul was a persecutor of the church. He loved God. He was just misguided in his in his zeal. He he had a zeal according to Scripture. The word says he had a zeal, but not according to knowledge. He, he thought he was doing right by what he was doing, persecuting the church. One of the final acts that we read of him before he is converted, he stood by at the stoning of the apostle Stephen and uh, was there consenting, it says, unto his death. And so he was an enemy of the church, and really, without realizing it, he had become an enemy of the Lord. So the Lord said, I'll straighten him out. God will do that. And he, he had an encounter with, with God, and the Lord said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, well, I, evidently I don't know who I'm persecuting, so who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus who you persecute. That's, that's who I am. I'm Jesus of Nazareth. And so from that time forth, with a few other things in between, Paul is baptized in the name of the Lord, and he is filled with the Holy Ghost, and he begins to preach the gospel. And God has a plan for him. Last week I talked about chosen vessels, and uh, Paul, it says, was a chosen vessel of the Lord. And so just a quick little thing for anybody who wasn't here last week. God chose you, and that's why you're here today. And it doesn't matter what your past was, how awful it may have seen, God is good at picking teams. He's picking people for his team. He's, he's building a church. He's, and he, when he chooses you, he doesn't make a mistake. He knows I need this one individual. And I know he's doing some things that people will be like, there's no way that uh, God could ever love this man. But maybe it's God choosing Paul so he can show the rest of the world, this is what I can do with the worst. And so when you start thinking, well, I'm the word, because Paul said I was the chiefest of sinners. And so when you start looking at what God can do with the, you know, you know who the chief is? 
chief, if there's a, a tribe, the chief, he's, that's him. He, he's the head. Nobody above the chief. And he said, I was the chiefest of sinners, and yet God called me to this life. He loved me, died for me, washed me in his blood. That's what he did. And, and God had a plan for Paul. And Paul is preaching and, and going different places, and there his life has been threatened. All things are happening. But in this passage of Scripture, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul. Because just like you testified of me in Jerusalem, you must also bear witness at Rome. I have got a path for you to walk. I've got a plan for you. And, but wouldn't it be wonderful don't, if God would just wake you up in the middle of the night and tell you, hey, this is what's going to happen? You ever been like praying and praying and listening? Crickets? Nothing. It seems like nothing. How wonderful it is when God reveals our purpose and the plan that he has for our life. Look, this is what you will do. Especially in this day where it seems like everything is so uncertain, things are just up in the air. God, what's going to happen? What are we going to do? What am I going to do? But sometimes being excited about God revealing things to us causes us to overlook some details that are left out. So he tells Paul, be of good cheer. Now, I don't need to cheer anybody up unless they're down, unless there's some trouble around. Wait a minute, God, why are you saying be of good cheer? Is something bad coming? <laughs> if the Lord tells me, Brother Ed, be of good cheer, I'll be like, why? Because something's coming. And something was coming for Paul. There were things that were going to happen, but he said, uh, there's a journey, Paul. You have testified here in Jerusalem, but you're going to also do this at Rome. Rome's a long ways off. There's a lot of things going to happen in between the Lord giving him this promise and him fulfilling this promise. But what we have to remember is that we're, we can't put God on a timeline. We can't put our prayers on a timeline. We've got to trust the process that God is leading us in. We must remember that he is the potter and we are the clay. And we don't get to look at him. The scripture says this. You can't say, what are you making? What are you doing? He's the potter. He has control over the clay. We simply submit to the hand of the Lord. The promise that God gave Paul is clearly stated. Paul, just like you testified of me in Jerusalem, you're going to bear witness in Rome. You're going on a trip. You started here. You're going there. That's it. I know that's the plan. There it is. And we're like, wow, that's great. But the process, the path that he had to take, the things he's going to face, or the time for it to happen in are things that we learn along the way. They're not revealed in this. That's why the Scripture says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We must trust God. Paul learned that lesson, I believe, and it's why in a Philippian jail he could write uh, Philippians 1 and 6. He said, be confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. When God starts something, he's going to finish it. That's why 
uh, he would say of Jesus that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the one writing your life story. He is the one ordering your steps in his word. And when God says this is going to happen, it's going to happen. There is nothing now from the time that God makes this statement to Paul. There is nothing that anybody, any enemy, any person, nobody can stop him from getting to Rome. He's going to Rome. If God has to fly him in a tornado, he's going to Rome. If he had to send a, a, a fallen star to pick him up and carry him, whatever God had, God could have put a dinosaur for him to ride on. I don't care. God's going to get Paul to Rome. And as impossible as it may seem sometimes when God speaks into your life, Lord, I just don't see how that can happen. That's the point. You don't see it, so you walk by faith and not by sight. And you trust me because I'm going to get you there. When God gets a promise and speaks that promise to you, it's going to come to pass no matter what the process is. And we, we would like the process to be a lot easier and a lot shorter. <laughs> but we must uh, understand God sets the timeline because he's not going to send you anywhere that you're not ready. The Bible says our gifting makes room for us. So he doesn't let you into rooms you're not ready for yet. Because that's only going to hurt you. And he's got to, and all things work together for our good. So he's not going to let you go somewhere too early. When you're not grown enough, not mature enough, when you haven't uh, prepared yourself, he's going to get you there in his time. So Paul must, it's a must. Bear witness at Rome. So whatever happens between this promise and Rome, that's the process. It's not meant to stop him. It's meant to mature him. It's meant to grow him. It's meant to teach him. It's so that he can still work. Guess what? We still work in the process. So you can still do what I called you to do while I'm trying to get you finally where I want you. You don't have to worry. Be of good cheer. You don't have to be afraid. If Rome hasn't happened yet, then God's not done and you're not done. If your Rome hasn't happened yet, that means you're not done and God's not done. Whatever little spot you find yourself out right now, if you're not where God said he was going to take you, guess what? You're not done and neither is he. Now, immediately after this statement, the process starts. Let's listen to some things that Paul went through. More than 40 fasting Jews plot to kill Paul. He is held two years captive by Felix. He begins to testify to Festus and Agrippa trying to sway them uh, in the faith, but Agrippa would say, you almost persuaded me. Well, what a tragedy to be almost persuaded. And now uh, he, Paul even made, you know, while he's preaching to them, he had appealed, the reason he was going to Rome, he had appealed to Caesar. They tell Paul in Acts 26 said, you might have been set free if you hadn't appealed to Caesar. We, we would just let you go. You could be free, Paul, but that's not going to get me to Rome. But think how Paul might have thought, I missed it. I could have got out, but no, Paul, you're not in Rome yet. So Paul ends up on a ship. He ends up in a storm. The, the jailers and the centurions on the ship, they plot to kill all the prisoners that are on the ship because the storm is bad and they know they're going to lose the ship, they actually have a shipwreck. They get stranded on an island. Paul gets snake bit, but he's still alive. 
and he's still on the path, and he's still in the process, and he's still headed to Rome. He's still on the way that God has made for him. It's been tough. It's been some rough things. But while he was on that island, he, he prayed for the, the chief of the barbarians, and he was healed of his disease, and, and they did many mighty works. He was able to testify of Christ to people that would have never heard about Jesus. Sometimes God may have to shipwreck us on a certain island, but the, the island ain't Rome. Don't, don't build a house on the island. The island ain't Rome. But work, whatsoever you find to do with your hands, do it with your might. Work while you're there. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, Paul said, these are lessons Paul has learned through all his processes. There is no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. God's going to make a way. God's going to get you out. God's going to get you to the promise. Paul, be of good cheer. You're going to be plotted against. You're going to be shipwrecked. You're going to be snake bit. It's going to be cold. You're going to be uh, afraid sometimes, but I'm going to get you to Rome. You trust God and what he's doing in your life. Because when God puts a ministry into you when he calls you to be a chosen vessel, just rest assured you're going to face some things. You're going to go through some stuff. But God didn't make a mistake by calling you, by choosing you, by placing you on this road. This is the road that he wants you on because he knows you're what I need in Rome. And God needs you where he's called you. God needs you where he's placed you. God is stirring up the gifts in his people. And friends, sometimes that stirring it's part of the process, and, and sometimes in that stirring, we feel out of sorts. We feel like there's some things going on, but God's simply trying to get that gift matured, ready to be what you're supposed to be. No matter whatever you find out in your walk with him, you'll find out that God is faithful. And that's what Paul said. There's a lot of things happening. It happens to everybody, but God's faithful. So when you start thinking, why is this going on? God must not love me. God's faithful. Oh, oh, God must have made a mistake by calling me. Nope, God's faithful. Ooh, I've done messed up and God don't want nothing to do with me. Nope, God's faithful. God can't forgive me. Yes, he can. God's faithful. So many times we think God can't forgive me. God won't forgive me. God doesn't love me anymore. Wrong, 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 wrong. I've loved you with an everlasting love. That's what God said. He never stops loving. God is love. He can't not be who he is. God's going to do it. If we confess our faults he's faithful and just to forgive us our faults that's 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 the god you serve i'm sorry his mercy is new every morning every day you wake up every day you get up uh, it's a new day but it's another opportunity to do better get it right because god is still got you on the path to rome there's a promise i think peter wrote to us that they've been given unto us exceeding great and precious promises there is a process to the promise. One man said, you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God. See, we're going to have to do some things, and there's a process until we receive the promise. Praise God. So we must remember, no matter what we face, God is faithful. God makes a way, but must is must, and he must testify in Rome. He's going. He wants you to succeed more than anybody else. 
I've said this so many times. More than uh, you want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, he wants to say it. He wants you there. He wants you to be victorious. He wants you to succeed. And he knows how to get you through the process. 2 Peter 2 and 9, the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations. God knows how to get you out and to get you through and to get you to the place he wants you to be. God blessed Paul, God protected Paul, and God preserved Paul all along the way. Remember uh, this scripture, we've, we've heard this preached a lot around here, Romans 8, 38 and 39. I, I get an amen over here. For I am persuaded. Paul learned something. Leave that up. Paul learned something in the process that what I have seen God do has fixed my mind. Hey, I can't, be, I can't be convinced any other way. Friend, I am persuaded that neither death, not life, nor angels, principalities, powers, there is nothing in my life in the present and there is nothing I am sure to come. 39. There's no height, no depth. Any other creature, it, it can't set, separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, what makes you think you can separate yourself from that? Oh, I, I messed up so bad. I know he don't love me. That's just your stupid flesh talking. <laughs> quit, quit making excuses. God still loves you. I'm amazed that he still loves me. Well, he does. Maybe you were stupid. Maybe you've done some idiotic things. Okay. We all have. The Bible says, though a good man fall. What kind of man? A good man. Oh, He's such a good guy. He's such a good guy. I bet he's got some skint knees because a good man falls, but he's not utterly cast down because the hand of the Lord holds him up. You ever remember teaching your kids to walk when they were little? All of a sudden, they got this, and you let go, and I hope she didn't see that. I don't know what happened to him, honey. But you didn't just leave him laying there. Your hands picked him up. Oh, we have face planted so many times on this walk with God. Don't, be, don't even be embarrassed at that. We've all fallen. We all fall short of the glory of God. Ain't that what the scripture says? Don't, don't feel like, oh, but if I, if I say that, I can't sing in the choir no more. I say I fell down. I can't preach behind this pulpit no more. I guess I better not walk back behind it. Pastor. Flesh and blood. Man, got all the emotions you got. I still get mad when people cut me off in traffic, just like you do. Yeah. I get upset when the umpire blows a call, just like you do. Flesh and blood. Yeah, impatient sometimes, aggravated sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You, Pastor, 
You're just a little old sheep, lamb. You're just a little. You can say amen. It's all right. I'm telling you. God loves you. And sometimes I think what we want to do is we want to separate ourselves because we're ashamed to think about that perfect one that knows everything about us, whether we tell him or not. We don't want to lift up our eyes to him because we just don't feel worthy. And we're not. But he makes us worthy. For such were some of you, is what the scripture says. But you are washed, but you are sanctified, and you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. God, when we are adopted by him, the Bible says we're adopted and, and we become his. When you actually adopt somebody, they become yours legally. Nobody coming to take your adopted kid. They, they can't do that. We're not, we're not fostered by the Lord. Because if I understand it right, when you foster kids, if they just decide one day to show up and take them, they can't. Now, you can go to court and do all kinds of stuff to fight, but, but fostered, somebody else has still got the authority. But once they are adopted, there's a name change. Things have been went through the right channels, and now it's legal, it's binding. Well, we've been purchased, bought with a price, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We're His. And they know, hey, you know what? And, and once you're adopted, you can walk away, but you are His. Nothing can separate you. You're His. Praise God. I, I'm thankful to be His. Give yourself some grace. Give yourself some mercy. Don't take it for granted. Don't say, well, you, God, you owe me. Mm. Careful. No, he don't owe us. What a privilege it is to be his. We must be persuaded and confident that we will not be separated from God's love or our purpose. In Paul's process to the promise, there was a storm a storm that made sailors fast and pray and worry. The storm hid the sun. The scripture says that it had been dark for days and days and days, so long that it said, and all hope that we would be saved was taken away. The sailors just knew this is it. We're riding this ship to the grave. This is the end of us. The here and now makes a powerful impact on us. Whatever's going on, it, it causes fear. It, it, it can make us use hasty decisions. And uh, they started to say, well, let's just put the, the lifeboats out. Let's try. And Paul told them, said, God said, the only way to live is to abide in the ship. Don't be jumping ship. You got a word from the Lord. Paul said, the Lord stood, the angel of the Lord stood by me and told me, reminded me of my purpose, said, you're going to get to Rome, and nobody will be lost. The ship's going down, but everyone will make it out alive. They stay with the ship. 
And so you keep working in the storm. You keep laboring in the storm. You keep believing in the storm. And, and even when you know for sure this ship's going to be lost, you keep working. Because the loss of ship isn't loss of life. The loss of the ship is not the loss of ministry. It was a vessel transporting you, moving you, but loss of, it's not loss of purpose and it's not loss of promise. Some ships will only take us so far. Paul said, God, let me know we would be cast upon a certain island. There's going to be a, uh, an interlude here, a place that we're going to have to be. But while they were there, the people that lived on the island fed them, sheltered them, kept them warm, took care of them until another ship came to move them further down the line. And Paul said, I believe God that it will be exactly as he told me. Don't ever lose your faith in God. Keep on believing that it will be just like God said it would be. And guess what it was? Because the ship was destroyed. Things got tough after Paul said, I believe God. But Paul didn't die. There was an island that was unseen, but Paul knew it was there already because God told him. God wants you there, a place where you can be taken care of, where miracles happen, where you are still of service until the next ship comes to move you farther to the promise. In Acts 28 and 16, you know what the Scripture says? And when we came to Rome, and when we came to Rome, in Acts 23, the Lord said, you're going to Rome Five chapters later, and we came to Rome. I was threatened by my life. I was thrown in jail. I was interrogated. I was shipwrecked, snake bit, all the things I endured, but I got to Rome. Honey, you can come sit on these if this thing works. And when we came to Rome, the promise process, fulfillment. God did what he said he would do. God's got a reason for you being where you are today, not just, not just here in this building, but in your life. There's a reason. And maybe you're here today because God knew it was time. Hey, it's time. It's time for you to stop playing around. It's time for you to stop running. It's time for you to get serious about this because the Bible says no man comes but by the drawing. The Father draws him. The Spirit draws us. So when people show up at church, they don't even realize that the Spirit has led them into a place. They hear something from the Lord. And God sees you and knows. All right, it's time for you to make some decisions in your life, for you to, to take hold of these promises that I have for you. It can be scary stepping out in faith. It can be, be a little fearful sometimes just walking off into the unknown with God. I, I read a thing one time that said sometimes faith can be spelled R-I-S-K, risk. Because faith is what makes you step out of a boat onto water. Faith will cause you to wind up in a den of lions or a fiery furnace. That's where faith will put you a lot of times. But faith will never fail you. 
faith will never fail you because God never fails you. So I feel like today God is waking us up. Not just a few of us. I think for as a whole. I think I've been camping on this certain island too long. I've let a lot of ships go by. I could have jumped on and got just kept going, but it was so comfortable here. The natives took such good care of me. They had this nice hut, and I could live there. And man, they really good cooks. It just this was a good place to stay. And you feel like, man, I'm in a good spot and it's comfortable, and I really don't have to do anything. I'm, you know, just I can be seen a little bit, but that's about it. But God has got more for you. And I'm sure they were loving Paul. Said when they realized that snake didn't kill him, they thought he was a God. And I'm sure when they saw him speak healing onto their chief, that they were really like, we got to keep this guy around. I'm sure they took real good care of Paul, but Paul was like, I got to get to Rome. When's the next ship coming? It's time for us to shake ourselves out of that slumber and say, when's the next ship coming? I think it just pulled into port for some of you today. Decisions need to be made. Lord, I'm ready. You've been dealing with me. You don't even realize it. It could be something you saw on on an ad somewhere. It could have been a song you heard on the radio. It could have been somebody just talking to you or a conversation you overheard and it stirred your mind about church, about the Lord or something you remembered and and all of a sudden here you find yourself. One place the scripture says there would be multitudes in the valley of decision. But we got to make those decisions. Let's stand together this morning. Praise God. just a moment, I'm going to just open the altar up for anyone who would like to come and pray. But before we do that, let's just, let's all just bow our heads together. And let's just pray a prayer. God, that we can hear what the Spirit is saying to us today. And then I'm going to open this altar up. And if you feel like you want to come pray this morning, hey, nobody's going to jump on you or do anything, make you do anything. You just come and pray and talk to the Lord for a moment because God's talking to us. Amen. Let's pray together for a moment. Lord, I thank you for the word of God today. I thank you for what you have let us feel in this place. I believe today, God, that there are people in here with giftings and callings and Lord ministries that have yet to be fulfilled, but I believe they're on the way. Lord, right now, I just pray against every hindrance God, anything that would cause us to be comfortable and complacent that would keep us from taking that step out of the boat onto the water, following you, God, into those new places. Lord, today, break every chain. Open the doors that need to be opened. And Lord, just move every spirit of complacency right now. Lord, I just pray that out of here in the name of Jesus. And Lord, let your word, let it do as the scripture said it would. Your word will not return void, but it will accomplish the things that you set it out for. So today, God, let faith be birthed in these people, in us, in myself, and let us continue to walk this walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. While they're playing and singing, I can just open the altar now. If you'd like to come.
find a place to pray for just a few moments. Lord, is this for me? Maybe you're not sure. Maybe come and ask the Lord, is this for me? Were you talking to me?